Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. So yeah, super excited about today, and we're in between series right now. Uh, You'll see, you've got an insert in your bulletin, uh, there's a new series that we're starting in January called Engage, where we're just going to kick off the year and talk about how to engage with God, and I'm really excited about that. We actually have a jam-packed January um, this exciting, good stuff's coming up. want to echo a few announcements. First of all, this afternoon at 5 o'clock is our Discover VFC class. Uh, I love teaching this class. It lasts about an hour, hour and 15 minutes or so, depending on how many questions there are. We just let you know uh, why VFC exists, what's, what the point of VFC is, you know, why we're here, what we feel like God's called us to. Um, and if you're uh, new or you've been coming a while and you've never been, we would love to invite you uh, to come at 5 and just to hear about, um, about what God's doing at this particular fellowship. Um, also, just want to remind you again, this coming Wednesday is so exciting. They've been here before, but Pastor John and Rachel from Pakistan will be here Wednesday night at 6.30, um, and uh, we're going to have an awesome service. We're going to worship, and then we're going to hear from them, and they're going to be sharing about plans um, for this next year, um, not only for the VFC satellite church that we have over there, um, but they're ministering how we can get involved. So I'm really excited. I would love for you guys to come Wednesday um, and to hear from them. It's going to be fantastic. So this morning... Uh, This message is entitled, Five Ways to Break a New Year's Resolution. Has anyone ever broken a New Year's resolution before? How many of you, uh, raise your hands if you tend to make a New Year's resolution on a fairly regular basis. Anyone? Yeah, a few of you, okay. How many of you are like, New Year's resolutions are stupid? Okay, okay, yeah, stupid, all right. Here's the thing. Let me give you some statistics here real quick. Uh... Over 40% of Americans make a resolution, almost half. That's a, that's a big chunk of people that on a regular basis, uh, when, when a new year begins, they say, okay, there's an area of my life I want to improve. There's something I want to change. So 40% of Americans make one or more resolutions each year. These resolutions, the top you know, subjects are about weight loss and exercise, stopping bad habits like smoking or drinking, um, money issues are always up there, you know, curbing, overspending, saving more, reducing debt, basically making life better. For many people, it's about using electronics less. For many people, it's about reading more. There's all sorts of different things uh, that they decide they want to do. Here's, here's the bad news. So 25% of people fail after the first week. Isn't that amazing? One one out of every four people that make a resolution, at the end of the first week, they've already broken it, okay? What's worse is that 60% fail after the first month. So the majority of people that make a New Year's resolution have already broken it after just one 
month. And then uh, the statistic is that less than 10% keep it through the year. Less than 10% of people, when they make a resolution, are, are by the end of the year, they're still doing what they said or not doing what they said they would or wouldn't do. And so, you know, I love this about human nature. I love the fact that we so desperately want to improve ourselves. There's something in us that wants to better ourselves, that wants to say, you know, I can do better. I, I, I should do better, right? I mean, this is in all of us, but yet we evidently don't possess the capability to make these changes all that well. And, and, and then there are those of us, of course, that, that, that think, uh, you know, well, gosh, why would I make a New Year's resolution? I can change anytime I want to. Well, that's a good point. That's absolutely true. But research actually shows that making a resolution is useful. People who deliberately make resolutions are 10 times more likely to attain their goals than people who don't make a resolution. Now, here's the cool, here's the cool thing. The good news is you don't have to wait until January 1st to change yourself. As a matter of fact, Lamentations chapter 3 Verse 22 through 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies uh, never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It's a song we used to sing when I was a kid in church. Um, I love this. God's mercy, God's grace, God's ability, God's empowerment is new every morning. Now, is, is the beginning of a new year a good time to make a change? Absolutely. Like, I'm totally cool with New Year's resolutions. I'm not against them at all. But there is grace to change every morning. And I encourage you, whether you decide to do something for 2019 and, and, and you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this or I'm going to stop doing this or I'm going to improve this, hey, I, do a New Year's resolution. Or, or maybe you're not into this. That's fine. Do it anyway because His mercy is new Every morning. And, and his power to change is available for you. You know, to me, I like the idea of starting off each year as a reboot. You know, a reboot, you know, electronic device, and you, you turn it off, you turn it back on. Uh, and before I was in full-time ministry, my job, I worked for a software company. And at any point in time, I would be doing technical support or I'd do training, or I'd do sales, or I'd do consulting. You never, I never knew what my day was going to look like. And the technical support calls were the ones that I absolutely hated. When people would call me and, you know, how can I print, or how can I fix this error? I absolutely hated them. But I found a secret, and the secret is rebooting the device. I mean, I can't tell you. I would say about a third of the time someone called for help, the, 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 the question I would, because I wasn't the techie guy, I was more on the marketing and, and side of things with the, with the software. So I, I would say, well, let me ask you this. Have you restarted the device, whether it was the printer or the, the iPad or the computer or the laptop or whatever it was, have you restarted the device that's running our software? And they'd go like, well, no. I'd be like, yes. Okay. Turn it off. Count to 60. And turn it back on. And I kid you not, about a third of the time that would fix the problem. Rebooting a device is like really helpful on a regular basis. Your phones, your laptops, whatever it is. And so I, I like, I kind of, for me personally, I look at a new year as a reboot. 
It's just an, do you have to wait to the new year? No, of course not. But it's just a good opportunity to shut down and to turn back on and to start over and to say, okay, cool. We're looking at this year fresh. What does God want for me? What are we doing this year? So in line of that, I want to share with you this morning five ways to break a New Year's resolution. I want you to be so good at breaking New Year's resolutions that you never, ever do it again. So we're going to look at five ways to break a New Year's resolution. As we look at this, we're going to look to Scripture to see how can we how can we speak to this desire inside of all of us to be better, to grow in our faith and in our lifestyle? So here's the first way. The first way to break a New Year's resolution is this. Set unrealistic expectations for yourself. Set unrealistic expectations. Everyone needs to be a famous preacher in order to be, <laughs> in order to be successful in their walk with Christ, right? I've got to be perfect. I've got to do it all. I've got to do it all better than anyone else does it, right? Go ahead and set some unrealistic expectations for yourself, and you will be sure to break that New Year's resolution. I love uh, Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Uh, it, it's so cool because it, it's, it's such like just a simple instruction from the Lord regarding what he wants. Micah 6, 8 says this. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. What does that mean? Well, I preached a sermon on this, actually a series of, uh, in 2017, and I renamed these things. For do the right thing, I mean, for, for, um, for do justly, I called it do the right thing. For love mercy, I called it don't be a jerk. And for walk humbly, I said get over yourself. Do the right thing, don't be a jerk, and get over yourself. If you're wondering what God wants from you, what God wants from you, you know, it's, it's these simple things. It has to do with your character, not necessarily your activity. See, sometimes, especially like a young person will come to me, they're like, well, I don't, I, you know, I think God might be calling me, you know, to be a doctor. Hey, that's, that's awesome. That, that's really cool. You should be a doctor. Do the right thing. Don't be a jerk and get over yourself. Well, but I'm also leaning towards accounting because I'm going to, oh, that's cool. We, we need godly accountants. You know what? Do the right thing. Don't be a jerk and get over yourself. See, it doesn't matter what your vocation is. What God wants from you is the type of person that you'll be. I like to tell people that are looking for jobs, don't worry about what you'll do. Worry about who you will be and what you'll do will take care of itself. What type of person do you want to be? That's what's important. But we so often expect so much from ourselves. So research has shown when it comes to setting goals and New Year's Eve resolutions and things like that, that it's actually very, very helpful to give yourself a break. To give yourself a mulligan. Y'all know what a mulligan is? Yeah. Especially in golf. It's a do-over, right? It's a do-over. So they did this study where they were dealing with people's eating habits. And the goal was to lose weight. And they said, okay, we want you to not eat sweets seven days out of the week. That's your goal. And the people were like, all right, we're going to try it. And then they had another group that said, okay, we want you to not eat sweets five days out of the week. We want you to do that. And they said, okay, we'll do that. 
Then they had a third group that said, okay, we want you to not eat sweets seven days of the week, but you're going to have two mulligans. You're going to have two do-overs. So we don't expect you to be perfect this week. We want you to work towards the goal, but you're going to have two opportunities to not uh, eat how we're asking you to each week. You know, the group that did the best and lost the most weight is the one that gave themselves grace. The ones who didn't just say, okay, seven, seven days a week, no exceptions, I'll always do everything right, they failed. The people that set the bar too low, who, who set the bar lower than what they could actually achieve, they failed. But the people who still set the bar high but said, but at the same time, I'm going to understand that I'm going to make mistakes, they're the ones that succeeded. And we've got to adopt this mentality when it comes to New Year's resolutions, when it comes to our spiritual walk, when it comes to our spiritual growth. All or nothing doesn't work. You know, oftentimes I'll talk to someone who's made a really bad mistake in their life. And so their mindset is, well, I already screwed up, so I might as well just go with it. But that's, that's, that's not what God's, remember, his, his mercies are new every morning. If you mess up, if you don't do what you're supposed to, that doesn't mean that's who you are. That's me, that just means that's who you were for a moment. But you get the opportunity to move forward. You know, baby steps are still steps. If, if you're trying to improve an area, if God's dealing with you and convicting you about an area of your life, embrace baby steps. There's still steps. You know, when a child is learning how to walk, and, and you know, they're toddlers and they begin to you know, pull themselves up, and they do that little kid walk, you know, where they, hey, and they take two or three steps, and then oh, they fall, which they inevitably will. How, it would be crazy if a parent... After the kid took two or three steps to go, now, little Johnny, you fell. You're supposed to be walking right now. We're very disappointed in you. What? That's, that's so mean, isn't it? Look, you don't just mourn the fall. You celebrate the steps. We do that with kids. And how much more does our Heavenly Father do that? Look, I... Is the goal to improve? Absolutely. Is the goal to become all that you're called to be in Christ? Absolutely. Of course. But is God expecting perfection from you? No, no. Jesus was already perfect. You already got the A+. It's been given to you. Now learn how to walk in it. And so don't set unrealistic goals for yourself. Look, if you want to increase your knowledge this year. Don't say, well, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through five times in 2019. Okay, maybe you can do that. Good luck. But instead, what if you decided that you were going to join class 101 and commit to it and show up at every one? It's a baby step. So, you know, I just, I don't know many, many Christians. I don't really know how, how to fit at VFC. And so I'm going to volunteer for every single thing they have at the church. Okay, cool. We need volunteers. We're always looking. But what if you just decided to join a FaceTime group, a small group, for one semester, and you were faithful to it? That's going to yield more life change than trying to do everything immediately. And so take baby steps, because baby steps are still steps. Don't set unrealistic expectations for yourself. Here's the next thing. If you want to break a New Year's resolution, here's a good one. You ready? Change in order to be like someone else. 
Change because that's what everyone else is doing. Change because you really respect this person. You want to be like them. But, uh, you'll break the New Year's resolution really, really soon. You know, we have to check our motivation. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. The Apostle Paul is talking to the Corinthians who are very interested in spiritual gifts. And Paul was like, yeah, spiritual gifts are awesome. And, and let me kind of explain how they work and what they do. He says this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. See, God created his church, that's you, by the way, to reflect him in the way that you were meant to. Not necessarily in the way that someone else does. You know, it's, it, God's, God's not looking for everyone to be the same. He's looking for everyone to be who he's called them to be. Teddy Roosevelt, one of our presidents, said, Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Have you ever been, like, happy about your life? Like, I, you know, I'm content. I'm happy with what I have. I'm happy with where I am, I'm in, where I am in life and, and all that good stuff. And then all of a sudden, someone comes around and just takes the wind out of your sails. You look at the, their life and you're like, wow, my life just pales in comparison to theirs. And all of a sudden, that joy that you once had is now gone because comparison stole it from you. I experienced this. So I used to write and record music. I still write, but I don't really record it anymore. And I, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to do an album of original music. I'm going to do this. And so I got this, this little cheap recorder and uh, learned how to use it, uh, played all the instruments except for a few, sung all the parts except for a few on the album. It took me a year of hard work to, to, from, from the moment I unboxed uh, the, the device to record to the moment I had a CD in my hand, it took me a year to, to, to write the songs, to play the instruments, to do all that kind of stuff. And I was like, hey, this is cool. And then an artist named Corey Asbury came out with an album. And that album was so good, it blew me away. And immediately I was like, well, my music's trash. And I felt so bad. I felt so stupid for doing my little piddly garage recorded music and hear this guy is. I'm like, you know what? Why would I ever do anything? Because this guy does it so much better. But the Lord dealt with me. And he dealt with me and he said, you know, success is not what people think about what you've done. It's whether or not what you've done has been done in obedience. That's success in the kingdom. We don't look at external measurables to determine if we've been... We don't look at compliments. We don't look at detractors who don't like what we're doing. We don't look at any of that to determine whether or not we're successful. We ask ourselves, have I done what God has told me to do? If the answer is yes, you're successful in the kingdom. You're successful in the kingdom. And so we don't change to be like someone else. You know, when David threw the rock and killed Goliath. It was this amazing moment. But do you know that David was actually offered Saul's armor before he did that? When Saul said, okay, David, I'll let you go and get killed in front of everyone. Sure, go. Go try to defeat Goliath. He said, but, but take my armor. Now, here's the thing we know about Saul. He was really tall. 
Scripture says that he was taller than everyone else, which was one of the things people were like, wow, he must be a king. We know this about David. David was pretty short. Uh, Scripture says that he was ruddy, which means that he wasn't very good looking. And and so he he didn't fit. Don't you know the king's armor was like gold plated and had like the nice emblem and, you know, really expensive? How many of us would jump at the chance? To, to operate underneath someone else's armor. But David was like, no, 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 I can't do it your way. I have to do it the way that God's called me to. And he was successful because he stuck to his calling and didn't try to operate under someone else's calling. It's okay to be different from others. Just be the you that God's calling you to be. Amen? All right. Another way to break a New Year's Eve resolution is to use willpower alone to achieve your goals. Make a resolution and then, and then buckle down. White knuckle it. Make it happen. Well, you, you might do pretty good. Scripture says, Zech, uh, Zechariah 4.6, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Now, now listen to this. God's not against spiritual effort, but he is against spiritual independence. It's not that he doesn't want you to try. It's not that he doesn't want you to to work towards a goal. But he doesn't want you to do it by yourself. You were never created to do things alone. God wants an active role in everything. Even the mundane stuff. Even the daily stuff. He wants to be a part of it. And your willpower will only get you so far. And here's the thing. If you achieve something in your own willpower, then you're going to think you're something else. You're going to think it was because of you and your ability that you were successful. But believe me, if you do things God's way, you'll always be more successful than if you just do things your way. Romans chapter 7 The Apostle Paul is talking about the temptation to sin, which I don't even have to ask you if you have a temptation to sin. I know you do because you're a person. You're a human. You have a flesh. We're all tempted to sin. We're all tempted to act outside of God's behavior boundaries. And so he's he's talking about this, and he's talking about the fact that simply knowing what's right and wrong, knowing the law, doesn't help. Knowing what's right, knowing what's wrong, doesn't help him do what's right. It just makes him feel worse because now he knows how bad he is. So he's talking about this. He says something really, really important. Verse 21 of Romans 7. I have discovered this principle of life. When I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. In other words, I want to do the right thing. But there is another power within me that's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Now, this is, this is the Apostle Paul. This is the guy that gave up everything. All that he was. I mean, he was like the golden child. He studied under the great teachers of the Jewish faith. I mean, knew, knew everything. Everyone knew who he was. Well respected in the community. A Roman citizen. He said, you know what? I'm getting rid of all of it to follow Jesus. I, I want to make sure that no one knows anything of just me alone. He goes, oh, oh, miserable person that I am, who will free me from this life that's dominated by sin and death? 
Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Look, Jesus is the answer to whatever improvement you want to make in your life. Whatever sin that you need to get out of your life. Jesus is the answer. You can't do it without him. Don't try. Don't even try. Involve him in every single aspect. You know, you know you can invite Jesus into your day. You know you can invite Jesus into like your daily decisions. Just regular life. You know it doesn't have to be a crisis to involve God. How many of us wait until there's a crisis? How many of us wait until there's an emergency and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait, wait, what, what's God's number again? You know, God is happy to be your crisis manager, but he'd much rather be your daily counselor. If you would invite him in and give him access to the day-to-day, then you probably won't have to deal with so many fires in your life. It's about daily relationship with him. There's a study that was done. Interestingly, it was about air conditioning use in Pennsylvania. Really interesting stuff. And they got some families together. There's one group of families. And they said, hey, we want you to lower your air conditioning consumption this summer. What percentage are you going to lower it by? And each family got together and said, well, we think we can lower it by 5%, 10%, 15%, whatever. And they said, okay, cool. I'll report back at the end of the summer. Let us know how you did. The other group of families, they said, okay, we want you to lower your air conditioning consumption. What percentage are you going to lower it by? They said, well, 5 10 15 whatever each family said. They said, okay, cool. We want you to stand up in front of the entire group and announce what your intentions are. Guess which group actually met their goals of lowering their consumption of air conditioning. The group that stood up in front of others and made a commitment. Other people holding you accountable are so, is so important when it comes to trying to reach whatever goal God's placed in your heart. Your willpower alone, doing it by yourself, this independence that we so fiercely strive for is not going to help. You have to have the Lord involved and you have to have other people Involved, And so it's not just about using willpower to achieve. It's about involving the Lord. It's about involving your church family, those who you trust, some close friends to be accountable in order for you to be able to see through your goal. Amen? All right, fourth way to break a New Year's resolution. Here it is. Don't have a plan. If you want to break your New Year's resolution, cool. Easy way to do that. Just don't have a plan. Just wish upon a star. (laughs) I've just been hoping that I'd lose weight and nothing's happened. (laughs) Haven't changed my eating. I haven't changed anything. I haven't started exercising. I just really want it to happen. What's wrong? (laughs) We do this to ourselves, right? Yeah, you, you, you have to have some sort of plan. You know, Habakkuk 2.2, 2, this is the amplified version of it. You've, you've probably heard this verse before. It says, write this, write what you see. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. In other words, write down what God has said to you so that it can be read on the run. Now, when you're running, right, it's like, where am I going? Let me check again. Big block letters. Oh, that, that's right. That's right. That's what I'm doing. Right? So you can constantly remind yourself. But, but if you don't have a plan, 
on how to get there, you're probably not going to get there. You know, if, you, if God's moving on your heart to make a change this next year, to do something differently, to, to grow in him, prepare for the discomfort of change. Change is always uncomfortable. If change was comfortable, everyone would change for the better all the time, right? But we have to ramp up and wait till the beginning of a new year, to, right? So prepare for the discomfort of change. Now, this is cool, and this is just some, some, some good advice. There's something called SMART goals. SMART is an acronym. Set SMART goals. And SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Timed. What do I mean? Specific. Like, set a specific goal. I just want to lose some weight. Okay, cool. How much? I just, I just want to use my phone less. Okay, cool. What's, what's, what's the goal you're going for here? M- make sure it's measurable. It's specific, it's measurable. You can tell, how am I doing in this goal? You can keep up with it. It's achievable, and we talked about that already. It's not something that you can't do, right? But it's something that's actually achievable for you. Relevant, something that actually matters to you. Don't set a goal for something something you don't care about. I'm going to end world poverty. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. You're sweet. How about you just help with poverty in our city? Hey, you could help with the food pantry. Instead of ending world hunger, you could help end Thomas County hunger. Why don't you start there? See, that's achievable, right? Well, um, it's measurable. I'm going to go to the food pantry at least once a month. At least once a month. That's my bare minimum. It's specific. It's relevant. It's achievable. And times. In other words, if you don't give yourself a time to achieve it, many times you won't do it. So, so you, it's, it's got to be a timed goal as well. So that's called the SMART method. And there's lots of stuff. And there's an author I really like called Dr. Caroline Leaf that talks about intentional thinking and, and this kind of stuff, having a plan. Um, and there's a book called Switch on Your Brain uh, that I just absolutely love and recommend. All right, here's the last one. Y'all ready? Last way to break a New Year's resolution. Give up. Quit. Cave in. Stop. Just give up. Isaiah 40, 31 says, Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Now, this was the New King James Version. It says, Those who wait upon the Lord. Some of the newer translations say, Those who trust the Lord. I like the word trust because waiting seems passive to us a lot of the time. I'm just waiting. No, 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 no. This kind of waiting is like actively trusting. You trust something when you test it. You trust the chairs by sitting on them right now, right? If you didn't trust the chair, you wouldn't sit on it. You know, this, this thing's going to break, right? So you, you, you back up your trust with doing something. You can't quit doing something God told you to do and trust him at the same time. Those two don't work together. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says this. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Look, I'm not saying it's okay to remain in sin. I'm not saying that, that, that you shouldn't change. But I'm just saying progress is a process. It takes time. You have to be patient. You have to be determined. 
You, you have to keep at it. And look, God's calling many of us to step up our spiritual walks in 2019. To step up the evidence of our spiritual walk. You may have this awesome relationship with the Lord in your prayer closet, but everyone at work doesn't even know you're a believer. And he's calling you to step up what you're doing, how you're living. He's calling you to do that. But you're not going to achieve it overnight. It's, it's this, the progress is a process. It takes time. You know, successful people aren't those who never get knocked down. They're simply those who always get back up. And I encourage you, you know, maybe 2018 knocked you down. Maybe it knocked you down. Maybe it just, you know, gut punched you. and <laughs> You're just sitting here trying to breathe. I get it. I've been there. But you know what? Get back up. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't cave in. Why would you do that? You have a father who loves you so much. He sent his son to die for you. He sent his Holy Spirit to guide you in this life. He hasn't left you alone as an orphan. He's fathering you right now if you'll let him. Don't give up. Don't quit. There's so much more that God has for you to do. Let's do it. My question this morning to you is this. What is your 2019 going to be like? Now notice, I didn't ask you what's going to happen in 2019. You don't know and I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen. But do you know that even though if you can't predict what will happen, you can predetermine how you will respond to what happens? You can make the decision right now. You know what? I don't know what's going to happen in 2019, but I know what kind of person I'm going to be in 2019. I know who I'm going to depend on in 2019, and I know I'm not going to let anyone or anything steal my peace or my joy in 2019. But this is your decision. Or you can just let 2019 happen and just kind of go with the flow. Hey, whatever happens. And at the end of the year, you're going to be setting the same resolution again. Because you weren't intentional, you weren't deliberate, and you didn't heed these five ways to break a New Year's resolution. What is your 2019 going to be like? It's up to you. I encourage you. Let the Lord enable you to be who he's called you to be. Amen? Let's stand for prayer. I invite you to close your eyes. Let's respond to the Lord real quick. Just take a moment. Clear your minds. Focus on him. You know, the Holy Spirit's always talking if we're listening. And just ask the Holy Spirit in your minds, under your breath, your own words, what's my 2019 going to be like? What do you want my 2019 to be like, Lord? Some of you, you're thinking of things he told you to do years ago. Some of you, you just see yourself enveloped in his peace. Some of you, you see yourself you know, getting unhooked from the devices and the electronics and going out and doing more in life. For some of you, yeah, this quitting smoking, quitting drinking, losing weight, all, all those things are great. All those things prolong your life. It's great. But what does the Holy Spirit want your 2019 to look like? If you will, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. 
where we pray and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, to convict us, and to prepare us for an awesome next year. If you will, repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being good to me. I don't want to be like the rest of the world that immediately breaks their resolution. I want to do what you've called me to do. But I'm going to do that by being in relationship with you. Because your mercies are new every morning. Help me set realistic expectations. I don't want to change because of other people. I want to change because of you. I don't want to use my willpower alone. I invite you into my life. Help me develop a plan. And help me to stick to it. Even when it gets hard. I surrender my 2019 to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thou will you close us. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.